So this is a supplemental episode of the uh, of the Shadow Sun Enclaves um, episode. So a little bit quicker, but um, but I'd like to start getting into these um, these additional um, kind of smaller uh, pieces that we can we can put together from uh, from the, the the discussions that happen usually in between episodes over on the Discord. So um, so this came up. Uh, thanks to, uh, and he goes by, uh, Shasui Camino Relay, and um, and full full credit goes to him because it's such an interesting idea. But after after going over some of the canonical stuff and the and uh, and the and and you know the the, the scrying the 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 uh, fan theory uh, crafting, um, he basically came up with this notion um and i'll i'd love to read it directly from uh from his uh, statement um do you think that part of the reason that shadow sun was retained and farsight was sent out was that it would be better for the tau to keep their more defensive commander close uh so to speak um close to home so to speak excuse me um I, I've also started uh, using Anchor's uh, direct episode uh, recording, so this is going to have a lot more ums and ahs uh, than you're probably used to. I, I usually edit those out. Um, <laughs> but but it's an interesting question, right? Um, what hit? What if? What if part of the plan that was put in place? And this is some this is some pretty th- heavy theory crafting because I don't think that there's. I don't think there's anything ever written down that would indicate this as such, um, because Farsight's uh, rebellion has been, you know, has kind of passed into the uh, the the vernacular, the common vernacular of 40k. Like, oh, Commander Fors- Farsight, yeah, rebel, totally right. Um, but but what if the plan had worked? Uh, and by what what do I mean by the plan? So canonically speaking. After the Lathash War, the first Damocles Gulf Crusade, you have a period of, uh, it's an unusual period in which uh, the Tau Commonwealth uh, has amassed this, this huge force that was, that was originally going to engage with the, with the Imperial Crusade. Um, you've got forces from Tau, Tan, uh, Sakia, probably Kel- uh, Kelshin. Um, all of the neighboring sects would have uh, sent help to Dalith, but because Tau have uh, a slightly slower, well, no, actually, a substantially slower version of warp travel at this time. Uh, oh, uh, keep in mind, I I, uh, I stick to the old lore in which the Tau have FTL warp travel. Um, so uh, just in case anybody uh, got tripped up by that, but these reinforcements would have arrived right around when the the Imperial forces were just pulling back. Um, and, and during this time, uh, thousands, um, thousands, potentially even hundreds of thousands of Imperial personnel are left behind in the wake of this crusade. They are just straight up abandoned, uh, because the Imperials are pulling back so fast. Now, um, any, uh, amateur military historian, of which I like to count myself as, will tell you that the casualties that a force receives is always in the route. Um, and even though the Imperium 
parlayed and 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 sat down at the negotiating table with the Tao, um, they they still they still seem to have made a mess out of pulling out of uh, the region. And uh, this is this is when a huge complement of Guevessa are created from the population of trained imperial troops um, that join them. Um, including uh, at least one inquisitor. So one, one very high-ranking uh, imperial goes over to the Tau side. So what, what does that mean? Okay, well, that means an enormous amount of intel is being uh, absorbed by, let's say, the water cast and then being distilled down and sent up through the chain of command to the ethereals, which in turn are further distilling that down and giving it to Anva. And Anva, um, you know, who is not a military leader, in fact, a lot of my criticism in previous episodes, I think is well deserved that um, he was not a military leader. And he actually, the, the only time that he really got into trying to kind of micromanage Shadow Sun, you get the absolute disaster that was a ghrelin um, a couple hundred years later uh, during the Third Sphere expansion, um, which resulted in, of course, his death. Um, so... So I don't have a lot of respect for Anba when it comes to his military acumen. He's a he's an excellent leader when it comes to uh, compelling troops and uh, kind of creating mandates for the castes to focus on. But um, but let's just say that this information is all going up through to him eventually, right? Now he's sitting there. Uh, he's on Dalith at the time. Uh, Pure Tide is just getting ready to go into stasis. He, or excuse me, uh, not stasis. Uh, Pure Tide's actually going to get, uh, he's going to die. And his mind is going to pass into those engram chips. Um, I am of the original belief that this is done uh, posthumously. Um, I don't think that he was kind of ground up and turned into a computer chip. Um, like like a lot of things and you you my listener especially uh the listener who uh listens to these supplemental episodes will know that um i just i i adhere to uh a different uh version of events like like with so many things in 40k there's there's a there's a couple different ways to uh to cut the onion as it was as it were um so so i i think that he uh is around at this time um this is just before the reclamation is launched, so Farsight's there, uh, and all of Pyrtide's acolytes are, are have yet to go into stasis. And in this what-if scenario um, that Relay has brought up, I actually now think that there must have been kind of like a meeting of minds, uh, a military, but as well as a almost like a cultural summit of what, what are what are we going to do. Uh, next, what what is the the next course of action, and ultimate, and what we do know is that um, is that a reclamation, the largest, that's a quote, the largest Tau fleet at the time is sent out out uh, beyond the Damocles Gulf to the region that was lost to the Imperials um, at the start of the war a couple of years ago. Um, now this is worlds like uh, Illuminus, uh, Kleist, Garrus. Um, Silicel, um, uh, all of these, all of these worlds, um, Kronos, gosh, I forgot about Kronos. Um, all of these worlds, uh, were, were pretty vital to the foothold that the town needed in order to make inroads into the, the rest of the galaxy. Now, keep in mind, um, 
and this and this information is taken from the very first white dwarf that was published in 2001 um the tau recognized from a very early uh, an early period in their history that they were in a globular cluster you know several uh several hundred stars um about 300 light years across um in diameter um and you can see that you know it's a really vulnerable pocket of space um, it's surrounded by a nebula the damocles gulf the pertus rift the soli rift and all of these regions really have protected them but simultaneously it means that very little needs to go wrong in order to cause an extinction level event so um, one of the reasons why the Tau are always driven to expansion, that's also for, for, for survival. You know, they want to, uh, they need to get out into the galaxy and, and spread, um, and have, uh, and, and, and have a footprint. Otherwise, uh, something very simple could happen and, and the whole species could be wiped out as once. That's one of the reasons why, uh, Velcancept, um, which you can see in the fantasy flight books, um, is established uh, very shortly thereafter, um, after this uh, the the, Damocles, the first Damocles Gulf Crusade. But you can also kind of sense that desperation in the decision to launch launch this massive reclamation fleet. So the what if scenario that kind of has come from the other what if scenario is what if Anva had picked had picked Farsight, and Farsight instead of going off and doing his own thing, and we all know this, right? Like Farsight. Uh, reclaims these worlds um, despite taking horrendous casualties uh, and he he uh, he picks a fight with the war chief of El Santa this you know this kind of this larger than life uh, orc warlord which then which then basically goes on to fight for centuries uh, against the enclaves and even and even attack the the Commonwealth uh specifically destroying the the major world um of atari vo um so so if that hadn't happened if if farsight hadn't uh attacked the orc warlord and done what he was told uh ordered by the the uh the shasar toll the um the, the overarching uh, military high command as well as the ethereal council um you know, keep in mind at this point he still has three eth uh, ethereals with him, at least three. Um, and uh, what if he had done what he was told? And at the conclusion of the reclamation of these seven or eight worlds, um, he had stopped and basically returned, uh, either returned to the greater commonwealth of, of the second sphere, maybe Dalith. Um, or had at least created a new base of operations, which we know eventually turned into the Farsight Enclaves. What if he had stayed put and had not picked a bigger fight? Um, if that's the case, then the realization that Farsight makes several decades later, um, after the Arthas Malach, excuse me, the Arthas uh, Malak incident, um, that's where he gets the dawn blade and, and the three ethereals with him are murdered. Um, if he had done what he was told, then Anva's overarching plan would have been, uh, would have been pretty incredible in that he would have successfully, um, created 
this this area, right? This buffer zone, which which is honestly what the enclaves turn into. The, the enclaves are a buffer zone to the Tau Commonwealth. Um, but Anva would have created a band of worlds um, that would have been predominantly human, you know, definitely with, in the case of Kronos, obviously Kleist and Garrus. Um, these worlds would have been heavily, uh, heavily populated with humans. And these humans would have been basically recovering from um, these purges, you know, which the Imperium is known for. Um, the leadership was uh, killed off. Uh, potentially, I mean, <laughs> it, it. I don't think it's a very big stretch of the imagination that thousands, if not millions, of people were killed in the resulting ecclesiarchal uh, uh, kind of uh, retribution campaigns um, for siding with aliens. Um, remember that, um, like. Siding with an alien or, or fraternizing with an alien is considered a, a punishable by death. Um, and, and not just you, but your you know, people that you know, your family, so on and so forth. Um, uh, humanity is extremely xenophobic. Um, so if, but if this is, if this had happened, then all of Farsight's work would have been to bring these guys back into the fold, create a buffer zone, and and that buffer zone would have been human, you know, it would have been Guevesa. Now, if we're thinking about this from a Kayon perspective, which Farsight centuries later recognizes that Anva might have been doing this, might have been setting up for a massive Kayon um, against the Imperium, then then it actually makes perfect sense that Shadow Sun be put on ice. Because with Farsight out there, you know, creating this fortification, um, you know, using his hyper-aggressive tactics, uh, his affinity for Montka, things like that, um, then over time, this buffer zone would have would have grown, and with the high propensity, uh, or excuse me, the high uh, the high human population count, um, might have uh, might have even converted more worlds um, over to the Talva. And then in the subsequent reprisal attack, which would, you know, from, from the perspective probably of any higher ranking Tau, um, the, the, uh, the reprisal uh, assault, um, let's call it Damocles Gulf 2, because that's ex exactly what, it's, what, what happened. Um, that second reprisal would have been actually, uh, would have had to face Shadow Sun, the, uh, you know, quote, defensive unquote uh commander you know uh uh the uh, far farsight is your is your sword uh shadow sun is your shield um then anva was kind of playing with uh with a with a box of matches in that right after the the war he's kind of thinking about the next one um he's got this buffer zone now and when the Ta when the imperials come back to kick the tau door in he'll be they'll be ready this time and what's more is that that war that that damocles 2 conflict is going to be fought in imperial space basically um you know the first two years of the damocles gulf crusade also called the lathesh war um was fought in imperial space but but you know kind of folded like a chair and then the last two years are fought all over tau space where um you know where the casualties are huge um we know that the tau really value civilian populations um both uh, both alien and tau um and and who knows i mean we go back to um the 
the uh, the Games Workshop. You can actually still look it up. Uh, it's the Damocles Crusade campaign event. Um, this is this is back when um, a lot of the community outreach resulted in canonical uh, events and stuff like that. It's a super cool. It's a, it's a PDF. You can you can find it via Google. Um, but in this in this uh, this this campaign event that happened at Games Workshop HQ, you can see that the um, the Crusade forces actually struck multiple planets. Now, obviously, Dalith in force, but um, you know, there were probably outlier ships and uh, and uh, smaller punitive actions and scouts that were, that, that seemingly were hitting the Tau all over the place. Um, the, uh, the Imperial attack was uh, was, was was full-bodied rather than just like a punch to the nose. So, so in, in reaction to this assault, Anva is already getting ready for the next one. And it, it actually speaks to kind of like a brilliant chess move, which is take the hit, launch an attack, create a strong defensive wall, get ready for the next attack. And this time, get ready with Shadow Sun. And I'd like to hypothesize that you know, again, this is this is all from Anva's perspective, right? And without the, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We we don't in this version of events, Farsight doesn't rebel. He doesn't become an immortal when he finds the, the the Dawn Blade. Um, from Anva's perspective, take Farsight, a massive celebrity, huge celebrity. Like there's never been a celebrity like him in. Uh, in the Tau culture, um, except for like maybe Pure Tide. But Pure Tide is a, a celebrity in like a grandfather kind of way. Farsight was the, you know, was the new new. He's the, he's, he's basically Captain America, you know. Send him out to create that wall and give him all of the, the accolades of a hero. Let him get, you know, rack up the victory, uh, the victories and everything. And then he's going to die of old age. So all of those lingering problems, like the, the fact that the guy is clearly suffering some pretty major PTSD, um, that um, that he doesn't li listen to authority figures, um, he doesn't even li listen to ethereals. Remember, at this time, um, you know, he was uh, he was already rejecting um, people like An Shi. Common misconception that like An Shi uh, and him were like on board with e with each other. Um, sure, they had a couple interactions, but from Farsight's perspective, he thought of Anshi as almost like a Trojan horse. Um, that um, that Anshi used their like shared history together um, to kind of get under his skin a little bit more. Um, and and so, despite all of these shortcomings and the fact that the guy, I mean, Farsight is <laughs> Farsight. I, I can't say it enough. Farsight is a terrible tactician. Uh, in terms of um, in terms of like the meta strategy of a campaign where he is second to none in terms of like being a frontline commander the guy is um, is fantastic and knows how to pivot and react to new situations extremely quickly especially for a Tau um, but but you just get rid of this guy with time you know you don't you don't solve the issue by forcibly retiring him you don't you don't attack his celebrity and cause your society to second guess your choices like what you know this is this would be like taking down captain america like who's gonna do that who's gonna who's gonna have the gumption you know to think that that's okay 
and you let him you let him build that wall he dies and then when the inevitable imperial counterattack die uh comes you have your second celebrity red ready and and you know, ready to go geared up and um can take stock of the situation and fight the war that needs to be won in imperial space um i you know we we we're always kind of in search of that tau grimdark right and this is a really interesting grimdark scenario because it would mean that for the greater good a a war of extermination because that's what the second uh the second damocles gulf crusade was going to be and what it ends up being you know uh it just it's a couple hundred years later um but but when the i think i think anva knew maybe the shas are told knew as well that if they're going to pick a fight with the imperium again the imperium is going to start using exterminatus level weapons against them and sure enough they do but if this uh, situation, if this scenario um, is thought out, then those exterminatus attacks are going to be done on human worlds, on Guevessa worlds. Um, and those conflicts are going to be played out there, away from the hinterland of the second and first sphere uh, colonies and septs. And I can think of nothing that's more grimdark than that. Um, that's that's diabolical, you know. That's uh, that's like uh, during the Cold War, um, where where Russia and America are playing proxy wars with, you know, with uh, with Vietnam and, and Korea um, and even Cuba to a lesser extent. Um, that is uh, that's some pretty heinous uh, stuff. So so I think that this has been a great observation on behalf of one of our members. And I really, yeah, again, just want to like all accolades go to him noticing that, um, uh, Shasui Camino relay that is. And, and I think that, I think that it's interesting to look at the what if scenario from the perspective of what if everything had gone according to plan and maybe this was the plan. Um, but we know that the plan didn't work because, and who who could have foreseen this coming? Farsight ends up picking a fight with the largest orc empire uh, in the region. Oh, excuse me. Uh, the the large. You're gonna get uh, you're gonna get uh, the sound of my phone. Apologies, but but we we get we get this um, we get this time period where where. Uh, he just, he just he, no one could have seen that he then picks up a sword that effectively makes him uh makes him immortal um it's just it's just a <laughs> it's almost like looking at the the tau version of like what if the emperor had not been hindered by the horus heresy like what what would the galaxy have looked like what would and in this case what would the tau empire have have looked like um, it might have, it might actually legitimately have earned the title of empire, uh, as as you guys might remember, uh, my listeners remember um, that uh, I also refer to it uh, as the Tau Commonwealth, um, which is uh, from the short uh, novella uh, Broken Sword, where where the Tau describe uh, their region as a commonwealth, not an empire. But maybe they would have earned the title of empire when they when you think about how diabolical you have to be to plan for. World War Three, and keep your home safe, and keep your keep your uh, your friends and your family and and your immediate allies like keep them safe, and make this 
make basically a pretend ally and pump them up and and prop them up just to just to know that in maybe maybe a couple generations maybe a few hundred years they're going to have to fight the unadulterated unrelenting uh strength of just you know one of the biggest bull you know pulleys in uh in 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 in, in the universe you know um uh and and to know that these relationships that you're forming uh might are are kind of just a show um and that uh and and maybe not even your own people really know that you know that it's just it's pretty heinous so anyway i hope you've enjoyed this supplemental episode uh well i'll i'll try to i'll try to add one of these on uh every now and again uh to some of our discussions um, looking forward to the next one. Uh, I hope you, uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, please uh, don't forget to subscribe. Um, we've we've also added a subscription option uh, for only uh, ninety nine cents uh, a month. That gives you access to the previous seasons. Um, we uh, we are expanding. Um, you know, we are getting a, a website. Uh, there's a couple more moderators involved. The community is is fantastic uh, over at the Discord. Hope hope I can see you there. Um, yeah, we're just going to keep the train going, but uh, that requires a couple bucks. So, um, yeah, uh, hope to uh, hope to talk to you uh, soon if you visit the Discord. And uh, you know, as ever, <laughs> good hunting.